honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Double Twist. I know I probably shouldn't say all that, but I say it anyway because I just feel like it. Thank you once again for joining me today. Ready to talk Timberwolves basketball. I hope all of you had a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. But of course, uh, Christmas in general. Hope you all had a good time. Hope you enjoyed it and had a good uh, couple days off of work and all that good stuff. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully more than a couple days off, just because. Just got to get away, you know. Uh, lots of vacation time, or maybe maybe your job just isn't open. That's always a good thing. For those of you that didn't, I'm sorry, I'm, and I'm not being sarcastic. Uh, the Timberwolves, it felt like they took 11 games off for a while there. It was getting that bad. Timberwolves end up getting to 11 <laughs> games in a row lost, and they finally won a Newark, New Jersey type of game. Do you know why I call it Newark, New Jersey? Because Newark, New Jersey's brick city. Yeah, that's what it was for both teams last night versus the Sacramento Kings, but uh, the Timberwolves win their first game in December. And, uh, yeah, first game in December, they end the losing streak, and they finish 1-3 uh, and three out of 4. So now, hopefully, I'll be somewhat accurate, even though I thought the Wolves were going to beat the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, we'll get to that one in a little bit. Oh, oh. And uh, my rants about uh, Covington earlier on with Portland oh, and Denver and other games. He's just been sucking until last night a little bit, a little bit better. Um... Gosh, a double overtime game, 105-104. That just makes me laugh. But no, our first win in December, first win since November 27th. Pretty raunchy, pretty ridiculous. Some crappy losses along the way. And some unfair ones, I would have to say, as well. Dating all the way back to December the 6th. That just caused a chain reaction. The Wolves were on a minor losing streak and ended up being a lot larger than we could have hoped for. Boy, you thought we would beat New Orleans. You thought we would beat Golden State. Maybe we squeeze out one against Phoenix. I don't know, home game against Utah, something. You never win in Denver, almost never win. You, you win there once in a while. You basically never win in Portland. Uh, well, Denver, Portland, Golden State, Sacramento. Let's look at those games now. The 20th of December, as we were leading into Christmas, right about there, 109-100. Nikola Jokic makes everything look easy. He's just kind of got that smooth style, and yes, he does remind me of Arvita Sabonis, more so than probably anybody in the NBA today. Very similar just kind of has that smooth style game. A very large guy who can hit from the outside. He can pass like a point guard. Um, all that good stuff. Looks, it's like you think he's, you think it looks awkward, but then it doesn't. Just the way he releases the ball, the way the ball just kind of comes out of his hands. It's just so smooth. It's silky. Would be nice to have a guy like that next to Carl Anthony Towns. And of course, no Carl Anthony Towns the entire week. That didn't help either. Triple double for. Magic Jokic for the Magic Joker, basically. The Magic Joker made half of his threes, 10 of 16 from downtown. 10 rebounds, 10 assists to go along with his 22 points. Again, made everything look easy. And Jamal Murray tortures the Timberwolves almost every time we play against him, along with another shooting guard we'll see the following night. Every single time, because the Wolves passed on him. And everybody we pass on who ends up being a better player than the guy we drafted torches us over and over and over. Just like former Portland Trailblazer Brandon Roy, it like never stops. It, it never stops. It's disgusting. 
this game, it's just the whole way because of the first quarter on, basically. Denver just had the lead, and they just kind of held on, and it wasn't a fun night overall, and there's a reason why they're a first-place club. Not sure they're going to be on the verge of any type of a big playoff run, but maybe. I mean, they're they're due for something. Uh, if Portland didn't kind of squeak it out last year in Game 7 on the road, pretty impressive win for Portland. As I try not to cough to death, uh, Portland, I don't believe, is on the verge of any playoff run this year like last year. Maybe maybe it will be Denver, but nah, I think we already know who the Western Conference Finals are going to be. A lot similar to the Christmas game there. Lakers and Clippers, I think that's your Western Conference Final. I, I really do. I don't care if Denver has a half-game lead on the Clippers or they have games in hand or whatever. I think the Clippers are very much so going to be hosting, uh, well, basically, let's just say the entire Western Conference Finals will be in Staples Center. That's just my belief. Is is anybody better than the Lakers and Clippers in the West? Is anybody really going to knock them out? I would actually be disappointed because I think it's going to be an awesome, 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 awesome series. We don't have to worry about the Warriors anymore in that sense. Yet, still more reason to hate the Warriors, I guess, because of what happened. Let's try to move forward against the Portland Trail Blazers, the Jail Blazers, this Blazer, that Blazer, whatever they are. Portland, another one, the 21st, back-to-back situation, Saturday, the 21st, you want to sit down and watch some basketball. Andrew Wiggins usually puts up good numbers and all that. He was actually pretty good in this game. He was, but overall, the Wolves were sloppy. The Wolves were a mess. Gorgie Zhang shot terribly, generally speaking, but he still got to the free throw line, and he was 3 of 7 from downtown, but his mid-range shots weren't falling at all. All of his baskets from the flow, from the field were actually three-pointers, 3 of 7, but he attempted 12 overall, so he missed five regular shots there. Shabazz Napier put some put some balls in the basket. He got hot on occasion out there. Josh Okogie's kind of disappeared. Robert Covington was an absolute flipping mess, and I would have benched him with what I saw in this game. Uh, just no energy whatsoever. The guy was terrible the entire night. Terrible. At least he didn't attempt 15 shots. So he got to one of six. He's going to the basket for a sure hoop, for a sure dunk or layup, whatever. And the ball just flies up out of his hands, like just kind of like an out-of-control high schooler or even less, like a, like a middle schooler. Just came out of his hands and he just kind of had this smile like, okay, that was embarrassing. Yet, to me, it reeked of like, does this guy care? I mean, I was getting so frustrated because I was already in a bad mood about the, you know, he got, he, he got semi-benched. He got, well, he just didn't start the game, this and that. And uh, a, a couple of weeks, like about a week ago, because he was late for a shoot-around. And it's like how he's been struggling lately. I was honestly like, does this guy even care? Like, is, is, it, is it because he doesn't want to be here? Or he's, like Ryan Saunders is too nice or what? I'm, I was surprised I didn't see Robert Covington get hooked at that moment. On, honest to God, because he was playing terribly the entire night. I was absolutely furious, actually, with him at that moment. Just the look on his face, everything, and the play. Like, just put it in the damn basket. For crying out loud, the easiest hoop ever. There was nobody there, and the ball flies out of his hands in a moment where it was actually kind of a close game. Even though Portland led basically almost the whole way, and you just knew somehow, some way, they'd start hitting threes and win the game because it happens the same bleeping thing every time. Hassan Whiteside was a force. He got on my nerves. He looked like Alonzo Mourning out there. That's who I'd compare him to, like shot-blocking, 22-rebound type of guy. A 20-20 shot-blocking force. That's kind of what Hassan Whiteside is. A little bit on the crazy side. He drove me a little nuts with some of his a little bit. He was showboating a little bit, and it got on my nerves. But, uh, well, I mean, it is what it is. You get seven blocks. You get 22 rebounds, and you get a lot of put-ins along the way. I guess you have a right to enjoy yourself. I mean, no doubt about that. Damian Lillard didn't shoot particularly well, but he was kind of like Aaron Rodgers has been this year. Uh, kind of like 
The numbers weren't great, but he did what he needed to when it mattered. That's basically what happened where C.J. McCollum, it's the same thing. You know, Brandon Roy, Jamal Murray, let the list go on and on. Obviously, Curry, but I mean, Curry, I don't even know if it's that thing. He just torches everybody everywhere, or did for a while. We'll see what happens in the future with that guy, with his uh, recovery and all that. But um, Portland's recovering, considering how far behind they were everybody, including us. They're way ahead of us now. They're only two games above or under 500 at this point with the win over Minnesota, 113-106. Score looks a lot closer than the game really felt. Again, you know, it felt like Portland was going to win the entire time. I did not like the way the Wolves were playing. And again, uh, what's his name? Old uh, Covington just set me off. I, I really went off. I got pissed off. I was ranting on Flip's Army and all that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how people like that. But I wanted him benched. I really wanted uh, Covington benched in this game. I would have hooked him. I would have hooked him, maybe put him back in later. I, I don't know. It would have been kind of a coach's decision from my vantage point if I was Ryan Saunders. But, of course, CJ McCollum starts hitting threes, and he pretty much made half of them throughout the game. Overall, uh, I don't know. It's just another game in Portland, you know. I mean, Napier actually shot fairly well, but the guy drives me nuts. Uh, Jared Culver's vanished off the face of the earth. He did have a nice dunk in the game, but that was his only basket. Drove to the hoop very aggressively. Good play. And then that was all she wrote. You didn't see anything else from him. Overall, a sloppy game in a game, and, and in, a, and in a night where the Wolves could have easily won this one. Uh, Wiggins is definitely picking up the pace. He made about half of his shots. He made more than half of his threes, four of six. You got to like that. But sloppy. So many turnovers. He did get three blocks in the game, which is very impressive in Andrew Wiggins' case. But again... The turnovers, you know, came at the stupidest time, kind of like last night with the Sacramento Kings. Portland is just a little bit better, and of course, their clutch shooters and Hassan Whiteside, nice addition to that team. I don't know why they started so poorly this year. They're just kind of a little out of control at the beginning of the season, but ever since, about a month ago, they've been a completely different team. They're starting to look like the uh, the Portland Trailblazers of last year when they did go on a playoff run. So now we jump forward to the 23rd. Okay, we'll finally end the losing streak here. Timberwolves have lost 10 in a row. It's bound to end at some point. It's bound to end. So everything will be fine. Wolves, you know, and Warriors, okay, I guess we're tied. We're kind of struggling a little bit after the first quarter. And then it was just the kind of transition defense that bad high school, bad middle school teams have where the other team is just, it's just a layup line for the other team. And it gave me horrible, crappy memories of my past on certain teams where I was either watching or playing on where it was literally a layup line in, in transition. Just a layup line. In this case, it was a dunk line, layup line, whatever it was. There was absolutely no transition defense whatsoever, and it made me sick. Uh, Covington, I was wondering, where's Covington? But then it's like, yeah, that's actually what happened. Yeah, I had to kind of back up and see what happened to him. Apparently, I was wondering if, uh, I was wondering if uh, Ryan Saunders had enough of him. He was still playing with poor energy and all that. Covington was okay, but then he got hit in the face, and he hit the floor at the same time. Looked like a concussion, but I guess not. I guess it's not a concussion. I hope not, because he would come back. Jordan McLaughlin put up his career night. It was, it was, I, I felt good for him after struggling early in the season. Hit some threes. Good for him. Catch and shoot threes. He looked like he looked very steady out there. He didn't turn the ball over either. Certainly the best point guard on the floor throughout the game, even though Andrew Wiggins gets the intangibles here and there. That's one thing Andrew Wiggins does now that he didn't used to do. He gets intangibles. He blocks shots, he rebounds, and he sets other players up with nice passes here and there. But the shooting in this game, Andrew Wiggins couldn't hit crap. 27 points, 20 or 27 attempts, 22 points, 1 of 8 from downtown. Awful night for him overall. Extremely frustrating. 
Gorgie Zheng had a good night against Portland, solid night against Golden State. Um, Gorgie Zheng, to me, was the consistent player throughout this week. I actually like what he did, and of course, loved what he did against the uh, Sacramento Kings. He's become a pretty good three-point shooter, actually, quietly. Uh, in the month of December, he's shooting 46%, Gorgie Zheng, which is insane, from, from downtown. Uh, in the month of December, other than that, generally speaking, his three-point percentage is nothing special. But again, in the month of December, Gorgie Zheng has been flat-out awesome. And obviously, he's a completely different player when he's starting. He When he starts, Gorgie Zheng's a pretty good player, obviously. And I don't know... I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to play Andrew Wiggins at the two, put Gorgie Zhang at power forward. Start Gorgie Zhang at power forward. I think that's the best thing to do. Or center and let Carl be power forward. Let him move around more. Whatever it is. Uh, Gorgie, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad, actually, if you put Gorgie at center and have Carl uh, Anthony Towns move to power forward so he could move around. That would be kind of where I'm heading towards. Gorgie is a starter. I mean, right now, 15 points, 9 rebounds. A block, a steal and a half, blah, blah, blah. You could go on. 45% from downtown, about 46 actually. Unbelievable. As a sub, he's he's like virtually invisible, like three points, three rebounds. He's three and a half of each, actually, but still, he's a much better player when he's starting. Gorgie Zheng. A lot of people think he's this overpaid player, you know, Albatross contract, he's not that good, blah, blah. He's actually a pretty good player. I've never really had a big problem with Gorgie Zheng. Sometimes he wasn't the most consistent player, but maybe he was playing out of position. And of course, yes, he can play power forward. But I think I think he's a natural center. And I think Carl could be a natural power forward a bit. I mean, Tim Duncan was seven foot and he played power forward. So with uh, David Robinson, this and that. I think because Gorgie Zheng isn't that fast. Carl is fast. So, and you, we all know who Carl is. He likes to hang around the perimeter a lot. So power forward. Covington can be small forward or get traded, whatever the heck. <laughs> whatever the heck you want to do with Covington. He's not a power forward. I, I'm sorry, Robert Covington's not a power forward. He's, he's muscular, this and that, but he's not that big. He's not... Uh, <laughs> that's where I'm leaning towards at this point, uh, especially with your guard situation being in flux as the way it is. Culver's not majorly trustworthy right now. He's, again, been virtually invisible. I mean, 13 minutes, 15 minutes here and there, he'll get one basket or zero baskets. And that's kind of what's been going on with Culver. He'll he'll make one basket, maybe a dunk or something, or he'll hit one three, and that's all she wrote for the, for the rest of the night. You know, he's just kind of there, part of the scenery at the moment. And a lot of rookies usually start out slowly in the NBA. I mean, again, I'll say a thousand times, C.J. McCollum averaged like three points a game as a rookie. So, I mean, Jared Culver has all the right in the world to improve into a better player. His, his release isn't the best. It's got to get better. We all know about the hitch in his shot, blah, blah, blah. It can go on forever. Uh, Teague is like, you know, he's a spark plug off the bench nowadays. That's kind of how they use him. And Andrew Wiggins isn't a natural point guard. Whatever. What's wrong with keeping Covington at shooting guard? Or excuse me, Covington at shooting guard. Covington at small forward, starting Gorgie Zheng at center, moving Carl to the five. That's what I would do right now if I was the head coach of the Timberwolves. That's just me. I think Gorgie deserves... uh, I think Gorgie deserves to start. I do. And it's not like he has to play 40 minutes a night. He could be 28, he could be 25, he could be 32, whatever it is. 29, you get the idea. Anywhere from 25 to 32-ish. You're not going to play him 40 minutes. That's just not who he is. But Gorgie Zheng provides good, solid defense, and he's got that outside shot. He didn't used to have it. It's there now. And if you want guys shooting threes in this bleeping system where everybody's got to shoot threes, you got to shoot 30 to 40 threes a game, and you have one guy who makes him, other than Carl Anthony Towns, 
another big man because the NBA is backwards now, or at least the Timberwolves are. <laughs> your biggest guys are the guys that can make threes. All your guards are like 25 to 30% from downtown, <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a minor exception of Wiggins lately. Though, of course, against Golden State, he was one of eight. Golden State, one of eight. That was cute. Cute little rhyme there that was unintentional. But no, um, at the end of the day, the transition defense in this game was bleeping horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> New York accent thrown in. Um, the only reason why the score looks semi-close is because the Wolves made it respectable. Made it respectable in the fourth quarter, and Jordan McLaughlin got hot and good for him. Um, happy for Jordan McLaughlin and all that. Good for him. He can hang around in the league hopefully a little while. Keelan Martin hit a couple threes. Good for him. But, I mean, your starters, two of what the hell, two of 11, two of two of 15 from the floor from your starters from downtown. That's that's bullshit. That's bullshit. It, it really is. Your bench greatly outplayed your starters in a lot of ways. At least your, your shooting, your efficiency was better. Everybody was like 50% and up pretty much from here and there. I mean, incredible. The only guy who didn't shoot well was Jalen Noel. The first Noel. He... He's the second Noel because, uh, yeah, Nerlens Noel is the first Noel. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about at the end of the day. But uh, definitely, I'm sorry, I'm too silly today. I'm in a weird mood. Games like this, though, they put you in a weird mood. You're furious, you're pissed off, and you're trying to just make light of it, I guess. That's where I'm at. They just look like a bad middle school team out there. Transition defense was balls. It was balls. I mean, awful. So we'll move on. To stack, though. Brick City. I thought this game was in New York. I honestly thought this was Newark, New Jersey. I did, because it was the Brick City. Again, for lack of a better term, Gorgie Zhang showed up. He was freaking awesome. Uh, freaking Holmes. Oh, my God. Remember how I gushed about him on the last show? Rashawn Holmes? Yeah, Holmes. Holmes. Yes, uh, there's no Watson on this team, and he didn't need a Watson. He doesn't need a sidekick. He's Okay, I'm just kidding. He's not that great, but... Oh, oh man. The guy does what he needs to do. That's just all there is to say. He frustrates the F out of you. He got me. I was all pissed off and hated his guts, even though I love him as a player. Just like Capella, though. Clint Capella. I hate playing against him because he'll drive you absolutely up the wall. But that's the kind of player you want on your team. You want a Rashawn Holmes. You want a Clint Capella who'll drive you nuts. He'll block some shots. He'll get those easy baskets. He'll get every rebound that you wish you had in these close games. I mean, Holmes had 18 rebounds. He's just, uh, ugh, drove me nuts. I was I was cursing at the TV, wanting to throw things across the room, especially the way this game just would not end. Uh, Bogdanovich shot like crap. It was another one of those, keep shooting, keep shooting, it'll go in eventually. 3 of 16 from downtown, 8 of 28 for Bogdanovich. He was pretty bad. Trevor Ariza couldn't do crap in 33 minutes, though he did get 11 rebounds. Good for him, but he couldn't hit anything. And Luckily, because he had some wide-open looks in those uh, late moments in the overtime period. Trevor Ariza, I don't know what happened to that guy. Weird. I almost forgot where he was. Pretty weird. Uh, Buddy Held struggled, but of course, multiple times healed. Buddy healed, struggled, but of course, in multiple occasions, two of those big threes, or two of the three threes he made, either tied the game up or put the uh, Sacramento Kings back within striking distance in the overtime periods, generally speaking. Periods, as in both of them. Uh, Jaron Fox got injured after after falling for a pump fake from uh, Trevon Graham early on, and he injured his hip, and he did not play again after two minutes. Pump fake, pump fake, pump fake. So just try to do that, and maybe he'll injure the other player. That might be a nice uh, trick. Just try to injure somebody by doing a pump fake. I guess that's a new one. 
Um, interesting statistic brought up by Jeff Johnson. It came from a tweet out there. Jeff Johnson of Flip's Army. Local boy in Edina here. Local boy. Local guy in Edina here. Cool guy. Um, Josh Van Klumpenberg. Rolls right off your tongue. <laughs> That's an interesting name. I like it, actually. He tweets out to John Krasinski. John Krasinski, another word, that, another last name that rolls right off your tongue. But I uh, love John Krasinski. Interesting statistic. Now, notice I mentioned Trevon Graham. And I have... I have ba- I have uh, I have harped on him in the past about his shooting. The guy's not a very good shooter, but but he brings a lot of intangibles that are <laughs> very noteworthy. He, he brings a lot of toughness. He brings a lot of defense. He's not Rashawn Holmes like or anything, but something like that. Obviously, he's not a power forward center. He's kind of a in the middle tweener forward kind of guy. I would say he's he's too short to be a power forward, but he's. Too, too slow to be a small forward. He's kind of in the middle. I'd say he's more of a small forward, I guess. I guess. Um, but Trevon Graham, the Timberwolves are 11 and 8 when Graham starts. Oh, and 11 when he doesn't start. Might be the craziest stat of the season to date. John Krasinski replies back with one word. Wow. And I'm saying that as well. Liar, liar, liar! Ain't that a son of a gun? So, uh... Yeah, the Timberwolves actually have a winning record with Trevon Graham, and that's a pretty big sample size. 11 and 8, that's 19 games. 0 and 11 when he doesn't start. So I guess keep starting Trevon Graham for now. I guess, as frustrating as it might be for me, because I want Gorgie Zhang in there. Oh, boy. That's the one problem. I want Gorgie Zhang starting. Uh, 21, 15, he was awesome the entire night. Hit some big threes. Andrew Wiggins, oh my God, how many opportunities did Andrew Wiggins have to wrap this game up? Oh my God, this was just last night again on the uh, 26th, the sad day as Christmas season has ended. But of course, the holiday season, as I guess you can call it, Christmas and New Year's and all that has not completely ended yet. Um, four of 19 from the floor. Andrew Wiggins was hitting the side of the rim over and over and over and over. Jeff Teague hit the side of the backward. He hit the side of the rim. He hit the front of the rim. Even Gorgie Zhang was uh, guilty of an airball shot. But luckily, it wasn't at a crucial time that killed the Timberwolves. Uh, Covington was clanging them all over the place. Uh, Graham attempted three threes in the game. Just need I say more. He doesn't need to attempt that many. I mean, three is not that many, but certainly not late in the game. Shabazz Napier stinks. I- I'm sorry. I mean, he, he he got nine assists. I appreciate that. He stinks. He stinks. I I, I, I don't know. A lot of people like him. I want to like him. I, I'm sorry. The guy can't shoot at all, and especially when you need him to make a shot. Occasionally he'll get hot, but it's usually early in the game when it doesn't matter as much. It's nice to set a tone and everything, but then when you need that shot to be made, Shabazz Napier's not your man. And he finds a way to screw up and turn the ball over. Andrew Wiggins got swatted a couple times in this one. As poorly as Andrew Wiggins shot, and as embarrassing as it was when he got the ball stripped and and got it smushed out of his hands, Andrew Wiggins was awesome in this game. And it's weird to say this. Weird. 19 field goal attempts, 18 points. 4 of 19 from the floor. But his defense was awesome, and he was setting other players up, and he got 10 rebounds in the game. Andrew Wiggins is a completely different guy now. Uh, Even though he shot poorly, and guys all over the Twin Cities, all over Australia will tell you Andrew Wiggins is terrible, you know, this and that, because obviously his shot chart was annoying in the past. He He took good shots in the game, they just didn't go in. He's not taking the same stupid shots he was in the past, they just didn't go in in this one, unfortunately, which was really annoying, because you need the baskets made. And they were hitting the side of the rim, as in they were missing by like six inches to a foot. I mean, that's bad. 
That's bad. But, again, he did other intangibles, like how we used to say about Kevin Garnett in the past. Like Garnett, oh, he only got... To, he only gets 18 to 21 points every game. He's never going to blow up and be a star and get 28 points a game. But he did a lot of other things. The rebounding, obviously, was always there. The defense was always there. Uh, maybe he didn't get the blocks, but he would pressure guys into miss. You know, he would he would fluster guys into bad shots, force some turnovers. Maybe that didn't show up in the stat sheet. Like other players got the turnover, not uh, Mr. Uh, Garnett. This and that. But Wiggins again, the assists and all the his presence was very much out there. And I did not see the sleepy, I don't give a crap effort that a lot of people would accuse Andrew Wiggins of the last couple of years. A lot of people got frustrated with that. I saw a guy who was angry. I saw a guy who wanted to win. He was angry and he was determined, even though he wasn't making his shots. He looked like he wanted that game. And he's looked that way the last couple of nights. And he, he normally does look that way this year. You're seeing a different guy who wants to help lead this team. Uh, so I, I appreciate that, despite the poor shooting night. At the end of the day, Andrew Wiggins was awesome. Other than the poor shooting, he was pretty good. So I will give him credit there. I I, I will, at the end of the day. Josh Okogie's kind of what he is. Jeff Teague was, I thought he was terrible. God, he was terrible. Crappy turnovers. 5 of 17. You didn't see the same intangibles, even though he did get six rebounds in the game. You did not see the intangibles that you saw from Andrew Wiggins in that game. Because not only, again, they're not only the kind of stuff you see in the statue, like the 10 rebounds and the 7 assists, but again, this good, solid defense. And the assist before the assist. You know, getting the ball moving, this and that. Andrew Wiggins, I thought, did pretty well out there. Again, despite shooting like garbage. He makes one more shot, pretty much. The Wolves win the game before overtime or before the second overtime. Andrew Wiggins had multiple occasions, multiple opportunities to, to ice the game. And it just didn't happen. It was so frustrating. So, But again, well played, generally speaking, even though it wasn't pretty. Oh, it was Brick City. Oh, the shooting was awful. Ten of forty-six. Another example of you're trying to run Windows Ten on a computer that's running that's more more or less like a ninety a Windows ninety-eight computer. That's what we're trying to do right now, and that's why you're shooting twenty-one percent from downtown. The general field goal percentage, I don't have an answer. It's just bad, bad shooting. That's the only answer I have for you. About thirty-four point six, same exact field goal percentage for the Sacramento Kinks. The Kinks. There was a. <laughs> It was, it was not a good game uh, for either team. 34.6, generally speaking, for the entire night for both teams. So that's your general field goal percentage. Guys like Rashawn Holmes couldn't help that at the end of the day. Uh, and Gorgie, even 7 of 13. Uh, they did what they could. Without them, field goal percentage might have been in the 20s. It's pretty wild stuff. <laughs> pretty crazy indeed. Maybe the Wolves won because De'Aaron Fox wasn't healthy. This and that. It is what it is. But just get the damn win. I mean, just like a hockey player who hasn't scored a goal in a month, and the puck bounces off his back, his butt, his leg, whatever, without a kicking motion, and goes in the net for their first goal in a month, maybe that can spark plug things. Maybe that can move things in the right direction. Whatever it is, just win a damn game, and now you got a chance to kind of get back in the mix. Crazy as this sounds, the Wolves are only a half game behind Sacramento, so we'll see what happens. And you got the tiebreaker at the moment versus Sacramento. A solid win, I guess. Just win. That's all it is. Uh, Alpha Wolf Award is going to go to Gorgie Jang for this week. I love the way he played. Good, solid defense. Consistent. He's he's a good starter. He's a good starter. And I've always kind of felt that way about Gorgie. Every time you put him on the bench, he disappears. Gorgie Jang is a good starter. He is. And it's sad to see him rot on the bench when clearly he, he can play the game. Gorgie Jang can play the game. You saw it for four or five years out there as a starter. I want Gorgie starting again, but I don't know. Or at least playing a major role. At the end of the day, kind of sad though. Kind of sad, man. He, he, there's just a different vibe with him as a starter. He looks, he looks good out there. Um, 
the Johnny Flynn Memorial. Did Covington escape it after that awful Portland game? Yeah, he did. Shabazz Napier stinks. I'm going to give it to Shabazz Napier, even though he had 18 points against Portland. He still looked like garbage doing it. I don't like I don't like Shabazz Napier right now. Uh, and Jared Culver, it's more of a just, I, I don't know. Hopefully he can wake up and get things going. It's sad. It, it's frustrating. He's, he's not, you know, he's, he's far away, boy. He's far away from his potential, I would say, right now. But I'm not going to bash and beat him up at this stage. Even Bates Jop yesterday was awful. 0 of 6. He was missing everything. It was frustrating to watch. Like, nobody could hit your uh, crap in the game. And uh, the urban legend is clearly, I'm going to add an urban legend to the show, and that's Trevon Graham, 11 and 8 in starts, and 0 and 11 in games he did not start. Incredible. That's, that, that's insane. I mean, every win for the Timberwolves this year came when Trevon Graham started. Every single win Trevion Graham was in the starting lineup. That is insane. With that said, we'll take a quick break and we'll preview four games coming up and move forward. I still can't believe it. All wins this season came with Trevian Graham in the starting lineup. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Minnesota Timberwolves will play the Cleveland Cavaliers coming up here Saturday evening, 7 o'clock, Fox Sports North, blah, blah, blah. Of course, Fox Sports North locally, elsewhere, well, Lake Pass, I guess. That's the only way you'd be able to get a hold of that one. Cleveland Cavaliers, 9-21, 5th in the Central Division, 25th in three-point range, 23rd in field goal percentage overall, 25th in points, and 21st in total rebounds. Golden opportunity for the Timberwolves to keep winning, I suppose. Colin Sexton is leading the club in scoring at the moment. That would be the uh, guy that they're pairing, the player that uh, Gerson Rosas so deeply coveted, Darius Garland, pairing them together. Colin Sexton, who struggled a little bit last year, though, had some big moments as well. He is leading them in scoring. Nothing majorly stands out other than his regular field goal percentage, which is 45%. That's actually pretty respectable. Free throw percentage, 82. We could sure use that around here. But uh, other than that, three-point percentage is under 30 you know, his assists, he's only averaging two and a half assists a game. Nothing great there. Garland's only averaging three. Gosh, there's nobody on this club that's really, uh, there's no real playmaker on the Cleveland Cavaliers at the moment. Tristan Thompson's got 2.3. He's one of the leaders. Della Dova, Delhi, 2.6, but he barely plays, obviously. Uh, Kevin Love's got 2.9. He's right behind Darius Garland. So Garland's actually leading the club in assists. But uh, the ball movement with the Cleveland Cavaliers, I guess it's just kind of a general team effort, kind of like a college team, I guess you could say, with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the vaunted Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, it's a team that is probably going to be trading some guys away. Kevin Love, he's there for a while. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded at some point, possibly. Some people even hoped here. But who do you give up? That's the thing. Because you have to give up a lot because of the, again, the salary cap and this and that. And Cleveland's probably not going to want to trade him away for nothing, you know. So one of two games, it's Eastern Conference Club, just about a week from now, Jan the 5th, we head to Cleveland. This game will be in Target Center, where hopefully the Wolves can start a two-game win streak at the very least. Something, something decent, something respectable to go with. Timberwolves are killing the Cavaliers in the rebounding category, 7th in the league. Field goal percentage were both in the mid-20s, yuck. 
Free throw percentage, the Wolves are slightly ahead, 0.6% ahead. And Cleveland's actually a little better in three-point percentage, which is really annoying. Oh, that's really annoying, actually. Cleveland, in their last five, wow, interesting. Their last five, they lost to the Bucks, big shock. Lost to Toronto, big shock, both like 20-point-ish losses. They beat uh, Charlotte by two at home. They beat Memphis by seven at home, you know, in Cleveland, of course. And they beat the Hawks by three. So it's not like they played great teams or anything, but a three-game winning streak for Cleveland. Wow, they only had six wins before that. Crazy. They were 6-21. and 21. Wow. Timberwolves, of course, had an 11-game losing streak until last night. So we'll see what happens up and coming with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do they play a game in between now and then? I would not be surprised. Yep, Boston Bruins. No, Boston Celtics. So this will definitely help the Wolves' chances. That's a long way to travel from Boston, Massachusetts, over to Minnesota for a back-to-back. So I think the Wolves' chances of winning this game extremely high. Well, LeBron James isn't in Cleveland anymore. Andrew Wiggins has had nice success against Cleveland. Uh, he has had nice success, and then it kind of slowed down over the years. He started not playing as well. I do expect Wiggins to continue playing, uh, well, continue putting points in the, uh, putting balls in the basket. Hopefully he has a game like the Portland one, a 33-point night. He always seems to play well against Portland. He played well against Sacramento, except for his terrible shooting, him being Andrew Wiggins, of course. I do expect an upper 20s, low 30s. Is Carl ever going to come back? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be back for this one. That's just my guess. That's just my guess. You want to get it right, this and that. Is it because we're this great team who's headed to the playoffs, or is it because he's a franchise player you don't want to see, you know, F up his career? I think it's the latter. But I do think the Wolves' chances of winning the game are, are very much in play. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Love has a nice night, though, unfortunately. Uh, I think the Wolves... Boy, can they win this game? I mean, they they should, right? The Timberwolves need to take care of home court, carry some of this momentum forward. Uh, Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love both averaging 10 rebounds a game. So that's 20 rebounds with two guys there. That's actually pretty impressive at the end of the day. So that's one thing to look at, one thing to think about. Oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. Tristan Thompson's been hitting a cup a few. Well, he makes threes on occasion, but he doesn't shoot them very often. Love is nothing spectacular. I don't know. I mean, the Wolves should be the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? It's going to be interesting to see Darius Garland. He has stayed healthy, as has Colin Sexton. It's going to be an interesting matchup. Might want to put... Uh, <laughs> it would be cool to see Culver and Garland kind of going at it a little bit. Just one pick away from the other. Might be an interesting little rivalry between those two. Just kind of a friendly, you know, draft rivalry per se. Two guys that were, you know, highly touted, blah, blah, blah. You can go on forever. See what happens. Obviously, Garland's a little bit ahead of the curve at this stage, and he was supposed to be, unfortunately. That's why he was taken ahead of uh, Jared Culver. It'll be an interesting matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if Culver got in the double-digit range if he had one of his better nights. Uh, This is the kind of night for him to do that. This is the kind of night for him to do that. He's going to want to show up against these uh, young guards and have a big game. I do expect Wiggins to get in the upper 20s to low 30s. I expect a more efficient effort in the shooting offense category, so to speak. For Andrew Wiggins, I do think the Timberwolves get the win, believe it or not, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They give up points. Their defense isn't that great. Our defense isn't that great. Put it this way, it'd be a very disappointing, crappy loss. I think Cleveland will be tired after getting probably romped from Boston in a, in a matinee game on Friday afternoon. That's an interesting. Nope, nope. Ten, yeah, Friday afternoon, today. Matinee game today. And they play the Wolves tomorrow at 7. So it's about a, you know, eh, it's about, by the time the game's over, it'll be about 25 hours from one game to the next. Still, that's plenty of, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's, it's, it's a decent amount of time, but you got to travel. Not easy. That's what makes it tough. Uh, they got to travel a long ways, blah, blah, blah. 
The weather might be a little funky too. Coming in, maybe, possibly. It's going to be funky east of here, so look at it that way. Um, Timberwolves should win the game. Something along the likes of 105-95, 105-98, something like that. Andrew Wiggins, upper upper 20s, low 30s. I do think Jared Culver is a factor. I got a feeling he's going to get 12 to 15, maybe even 18. He, He might have one of his best nights thus far in his very, very young career. I just got a feeling he's going to come out to play. Uh... Expect something better out of Jeff Teague. I want to see less of Napier and more of Culver. You know, just put it that way. You might get frustrated with Culver, this and that, but I think he needs to keep playing. I think you need to keep playing Culver. Napier, you know what you got. He's frustrating. He's, you know, he's nothing special at all. I'm just not a fan of Napier's right now. I think the Wolves, again, get the job done against a fairly tired Cleveland Cavaliers team, in my humble opinion. We move forward to play the Brooklyn Nets. After the Wolves had a pretty uh, fun effort against them early on in the season. This will be the final game of 2019 for Minnesota. Also in Target Center. And I do, again, believe the Wolves could go on a bit of a little win streak here, quite possibly. Wolves beat Brooklyn very early in the season. Season opener on October 23rd, or right about that. A little bit before, a little after the season opener. 127-126. A very epic battle back and forth. Very, very fun night. Of course, uh... Carol Anthony Towns is from New Jersey, so of course he showed up and had a big game. This was his team, obviously, the New Jersey Nets, now Brooklyn Nets. Wiggins had his typical more field goal attempts than points. Carl exploded. Hopefully Carl comes back in time for this one, because I think that would really increase the uh, Timberwolves' chances of winning. And yes, Trev Ungram was starting in the game. Yes, because if the Wolves won, Trevor Ungram was in the starting lineup. That's just a, it's turned out to be a fact. It just is. It's kind of funny. It's crazy. Shabazz Napier had his typical one-of-seven type of night. I'm just not a fan. I'd like to see Jake Lehman come back. That's uh, You see that name out there getting significant minutes and being efficient like he was in that game. I miss him. Oh, I, I miss him. Wolves really need Jake Lehman right now for at least some energy, some efficiency off the bench. Wiggins was a minus 26 in a game. The Wolves won. Yeah, Wiggins did not start out the season well, did he? He did not, Carl. So we'll see what happens entertaining matchup. This will, of course, wrap up the season series. Hopefully the Wolves didn't get the sweep. It's a home game. The Wolves have been a better road team than a home game, a home team, generally speaking. That's the frustrating side. Could use Carl Anthony Towns getting some rebounds out there. Obviously, Gorgie Zhang getting significant minutes because you know he's a good rebounder as well because the Brooklyn Nets are second in the entire NBA in rebounding. They just rebound the basketball in, in, uh, in Brooklyn. I hope they didn't call him New Jersey. Even Kyrie Irving's averaging five and a half a game, but he's always hurt, and I don't think he's even going to be out there. He, he's never healthy. That's the thing. Do you really want to give trillions of dollars to Kyrie Irving? That's the thing. He's, he's, he's always freaking hurt. Uh, Chris Levert just coming back after he was hurt. Chris Levert was hurt. That type of thing. I like Chris Levert. Very efficient player out of Michigan. Can definitely play the game, but uh, obviously he's had frustrating moments as well. Uh, Jarrett, Jarrett Allen, just like Jarrett Culver, not Jared Allen, former Minnesota Viking and Kansas City Chief and Carolina and Chicago, but we'll talk about the Chiefs and Vikings more so with that guy. Jarrett Allen, he's a double-double guy every single night. Love the guy. He looks like he's from 1978, 76. Love that look. Love that. Uh, he's, he's He looks really cool. I like the guy. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's obviously one of the better rebounders and shot blockers in, in the league the last 10 years. He's getting older. He doesn't get the numbers he used to, but he's still a factor. Still a dangerous guy, this and that. Iman Shumpert, the former Cavalier. You could go on forever. Wilson Chandler, the former Nugget. Nugget, who's been all over the league and this and that. Love him. Uh, he better, I don't know. 
I don't know. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's a, a, a name that's been thrown around in possible trade rumors. Wolves could use help from Spencer. Uh, he's done a hell of a job in uh, Kyrie Irving's stead. Kind of like uh, the guy that replaced him last year wound up going to Charlotte to replace Kemba Walker. <laughs> Rozier. Similar. Similar situation. So it's like if you have Kyrie Irving, pray to God you have a really, really, really good uh, another point guard who's at least a spark plug, if not well beyond that. Another point guard who can really play the game. Because you can't count on Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he's a star player. But he's just, you know, he's, a, he's, he's, he's made out of ceramic. The guy can't stay healthy. I don't trust Kyrie Irving long term. You know, and I don't know. Uh, even the guy he replaced, I don't think he's worth the money. Even though he's he puts numbers on the board, but it takes a million shots to get there. And that'd be your friend D'Angelo Russell, the one we all wanted back in the summer. I bought into it. I was like, oh my God, D'Angelo Russell. And then you really sit down and analyze things, including the contract. And it's like, nah, that's okay. That's okay. I think the Wolves can do better. For for that money, for that kind of money, I think the Wolves could do better. Spencer Dinwiddie would be a really nice addition to the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I'm guessing right now the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets are not in a huge rush to get rid of him. That's just my guess. We'll see. But, oh, Kyrie Irving, though. That's Kyrie Irving's job. What are you talking about? Yeah. Kyrie Irving's job, yeah. He's a, he's like the guy at work that's always on vacation. He's he's really good, but he's always on vacation, and he's never available. He's, who cares? You know what I'm saying? Who who cares how good he is if he's never playing? Never available. He's like that person at work that drives you nuts that's never there. They're just magically never there. And that's what Kyrie Irving is, in my humble opinion. Brooklyn Nets, I don't know, I, I don't know why I went on that rant, but I did. I guess that's all I do is go on rants. Brooklyn Nets lost to the New York Knicks. They lost to Glass Joe. They lost to Glass Joe. Just like the Timberwolves lost to Glass Joe in the Golden State Warriors. Oh, that's like losing to Glass Joe in Mike Tyson's punch-out. See, well, Philadelphia crushed the Brooklyn Nets by 20. No surprise. New Orleans beat the Nets by... St- no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Brooklyn Nets beat Philadelphia by 20 points. That's shocking. I don't know where that came from. They beat the Nets by... Or uh, Pelicans by 7. They lose to the Spurs. So you beat Philly by 20, and then you lose to the Spurs, who aren't that good anymore. It was a road game, and it's a tough place to play, but okay. Beat the Hawks by 10 at home, okay. And then you lose to the New York Knicks by 8 in Brooklyn, which is a semi-home game, I guess, for the Knicks, kind of, sort of. I don't know. That's weird. Uh, Nets have to go to Houston, Texas, where they'll probably get beat two days before they play the Minnesota Timberwolves on the 30th next Monday. Ah, boy, it's a tough one. Tough one. Tough, 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 uh, tough call here. I don't know. Uh, Timberwolves can definitely beat the Brooklyn Nets. There's no doubt about that. I like the matchup. I'm praying to God Carl is back. If Carl's back, I think the Wolves win. I think he puts in another good effort. I know it's not going to be in uh, Brooklyn or anything. Brooklyn slash, yeah, you know, like the Brooklyn, New York, New Jersey area. That's what do they call the tri-state area. Um... But still, I think it definitely gives the Wolves a bigger chance of winning. It's been frustrating watching the Wolves without Carl Anthony Towns, but Gorgie Zhang, I love the job he's done. If Carl's not available, I do expect Gorgie Zhang to get double-digit rebounds, this and that, to keep playing good basketball, hit some outside shots. I love what Gorgie Zhang brings, and I love what he's brought the last few days here in the time he's been starting at center. I think he's done a hell of a job. Very commendable, actually. He's kept the Wolves afloat. Gorgie Zhang's done a hell of a job, as weird as that might sound, keeping the Wolves afloat. Well, they didn't get blown out by Portland. They didn't get blown out by Denver. They didn't get blown out by uh, the Golden State bleeping Warriors, though they might as well have gotten blown out by the Warriors. That was different. That was a whole different animal. Some of the worst transition defense I've ever seen, ever. And the Wolves have had bad transition defense since Kurt Rambitz, at least, if not well before that. 
Oh, God. What was that other guy's name? Uh, Randy Whitman, you know, guys like that. The only time the Timberwolves really had good defense was under was under Dwayne Casey. That's it. That's the only time the Timberwolves actually had good defense. Even in the flip area, it was up and down. There was certain individuals who played great defense, like uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, Trenton Hassel, at least in his first season with Minnesota, was a great defender. After that, Trenton Hassel was more of, you just take the, a, uh, the H out. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but he was he was that in terms of his contract to the Timberwolves. We'll leave that word alone. I think the Wolves can definitely beat the Brooklyn Nets. I think the Wolves can beat the Nets. I do. Uh, I'm just, you know, Kyrie Irving got his 50-point effort but couldn't hit it. Kind of like if Buddy Held, except he didn't have 50 points. Buddy Held just missed uh, like he was doing most of the night. Kyrie Irving, what an epic battle. This actually was the season opener at the end of the day. That 127-126 win for Minnesota. Epic, epic battle uh, for Carl and such. Minnesota... I think we're going to win the game. I do. I got a sneaky feeling we're going to win the game, even if they're even if it's just Gorgie at center, not Carl. Because I, I like the way Gorgie's played, and I got a feeling what Tim Rules show up to play in this one. I'm just kind of stepping out in good faith. It's going to be another close game, but probably lower scoring. Something like, I've got a, I just got a feeling Tim Rules are going to start a little winning streak here. A little, a little one at least. 115, 112, something along those lines. I have a feeling Gorgie's going to have one of his really good games. Like something like, 20 and 10 type of night, couple blocks. Andrew Wiggins will get a couple blocks, this and that. And Jeff Teague, who has had some good games against Brooklyn in the past, I think he'll show up a bit, hit some outside shots. I think it's going to be one of those type of nights for uh, Jeff Teague, Gorgie, and uh, Andrew Wiggins again will be kind of that all-around guy, 25 points, 6-7 assists, something like that. But I think it'll be an entertaining battle. And the Wolves win a couple games at home here to wrap up the new year. Wouldn't that be a nice way to ring in the new year? Because, well, <laughs> their little winning streak's going to come to a screeching halt on New Year's Day. Oh, yeah. It's going to come to a screeching halt on New Year's Day. Because then Minnesota Timberwolves play the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. 27 and 5. First place in field goal percentage, 48%. 11th and 3 point range. First in points scored. First in rebounds. Milwaukee Bucks are a legitimate NBA championship uh, competitor. They, they, they are. They will at least get to the East Finals, if not the NBA Finals. They're very due to get to the Finals this year. I kind of hope they do. Um, I kind of do. I'd love to see the Bucks in F Philadelphia. And Toronto, we just saw them in there, though Siakam's awesome. I mean, I, I voted for him for the All-Star game. I voted for uh, Darren Fox. Because it's like, why not? I don't want to vote for some of the other typical guys. Screw James Harden. I hate that guy. I think everybody hates him. They just vote for him anyway. Uh, Giannis is unbelievable. He's a double-double machine at the very least. I don't know who to compare him to. You, you kind of can't. He's just new. He's he's different. He is a He's a freak. He's a freak of nature. Greek freak, this freak, that freak. He's shooting about 60% from the floor because he attacks the rim, but he can also hit shots mid-range here and there, but generally the way he attacks the rim and nobody can guard him. 13 rebounds, 6 assists. He's he's deadly. A block and a half, a steal, a half. He's one of the MVPs of basketball, in humble, my humble opinion. Uh, 55% from the floor. My apologies. The only, his only major weakness is his free, uh, his free throw percentage. His three-point percentage is nothing great either. So if you can force him outside, I'm sure that would be a frustration. But I don't trust the Timberwolves to really defend and then beat Giannis. I don't really know about that. Uh, Chris Middleton's a very nice Scotty Pippen for him, we'll call him. 
almost 89% from the free throw line, 50% generally speaking, 18.5 points. He averages almost four assists, 5.5 rebounds. Just kind of another do-everything guy. Good, solid defender. Love what he brings. Uh, Wesley Matthews is a nice, solid weapon who can hit threes and play defense. He's a 3 and D guy who definitely helps. Dragon Bender somehow found his way on that lineup. That's funny. I don't know if he's ever going to get any significant minutes, though, unfortunately. Uh, DiVincenzo, the uh, championship-winning shot for Villanova. Villanova, I even have a Villanova head just a, just feet away from me, about four feet away from me. It's kind of looking towards the TV from me here. <laughs> Villanova, yes, sir. Dante DiVincenzo, guy who can hit some big shots here and there. His, his percentage is nothing special, but he's a spark plug, and he'll hit them when he needs to. Brooke Lopez plays the perfect role. He just, he does. Kind of a kind of a you know in and out spark plug big man you can call that if there's such a thing. Yeah, he plays his minutes. He generally starts, but he plays his role. He's not counted on for you know major uh, a major role like he was in his Brooklyn slash New Jersey days. He's he makes ninety one percent from the line, so he's definitely not somebody you want to follow late in the game. <laughs> like a lot of big men, you do usually. Even Kyle Korver. Yeah, Kyle Korver's on the roster. They have a little bit of everything with the Milwaukee Bucks. Outside shooting, getting to the basket, good solid defense. They rebound like crazy. I mean, everybody rebounds the basketball on the Milwaukee Bucks, except, I guess, for somebody his size, Brooke Lopez, five, which is really funny. But he doesn't have to when you have Giannis, Middleton. Eric Bledsoe gets five rebounds a game. Uh, I love Eric Bledsoe. Love him. Uh, George Hill's a solid, steady veteran. I'm not a giant fan of his, but he can sure hit that three-point shot. He is torching the net from downtown this year. 53%. He's averaging a little over three a game, three attempts a game, which is fine. If, as long as he makes them, then, then keep it up. You don't have to go crazy and screw up his uh, screw up his percentage, screw up his, his, his rhythm, this and that. George Hill just kind of, again, the guy who plays a role, and uh, he hits the shots that he shoots. Boy, oh boy. And when you got guys around like that, he's going to get a lot of open shots. Guys that you have to really, really be careful with keeping that... that uh, keeping defenders down on uh, Giannis. They have to really focus on him nonstop, along with Chris Middleton, even uh, Bledsoe. George Hill gets a lot of open shots, and he makes them. So all the respect to this team. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks will defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> Is that okay to say? It's safe to say, right? Uh, team comparison, this and that. The Bucks beat the Wolves 134-106 to on November the 4th. Absolute obliteration. I expect something kind of similar. Maybe not quite as lopsided. I pray that's not the case. I think it's going to be something more like 125, 125, 112, something like that. Uh, it was a bad game. It was bad. 134, 106. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Timberwolves were sucking at home. And, boy, Milwaukee had 30-plus every single quarter. The Wolves never got to 30. Well, they got to 30, only 30 once in the second quarter. But we're already getting our butts kicked in this one. Giannis basically did exactly what he does. George Hill made, yeah, you know, George Hill, he just kind of played his role out there. Andrew Wiggins played okay. Uh, Carl missed this one as well. This might have been a suspension game. I think it was. Yes, this is one of those suspension games because it's stupid ass. Uh, yeah, leave that leave that name alone. I don't even want to think about him from uh, freaking Philadelphia. I don't even want to talk about him. Joel Embiid. Ugh. Napier had an adequate game, but again, poor shooting. Anyway, Jordan Bell had one of his best games of the season. We could use some help from Jordan Bell. He didn't even get any playing time last night. He has moments, and then he doesn't. Just uh, Gorgie, hopefully we can count on him if uh, Carl's still not healthy. But the Wolves will not beat the Milwaukee Bucks. 
It's going to be, like I said, 125, 112, something like that. <sighs> just move on. I'm, Wolves are not going to beat the Bucks, unfortunately. It's just it is what it is. We, we haven't played well against them in forever. Um, it feels like a decade that that team has been smoking us. And, well, it's been about six years already. The Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, ringing in the new year against the Bucks. Good luck. <laughs> 2020, baby, a new decade. I can barely tell the difference between decades anymore. I mean, the 80s and 90s were, well, there was a big difference. 90s to 2000s. But now it's like, eh, you know, okay, yay. Smartphones are a little better. Video game systems are, well, more efficient. That's about it. So what? Everything looks the same now to me. You know, music still sounds like crap, like it has the last 20 years. Can't stand music the last 20 years. Uh, Movies are lame, you know. I don't know. I'll take the old days any day over that. Well, after being thromped by the Milwaukee Bucks on New Year's Day, the Timberwolves have to play on the infamous January 2nd, one of the most disliked days of the year, because a lot of us that might have had a significant amount of time off, guess what? Uh, I hate January 2nd so much, especially when when it's like your first day back. I hate it. Um, hate it. So far, Golden State is 1-1 one one versus, versus Minnesota. The Wolves beat... Golden State 125, 119 in a game between Andrew Wiggins and uh, Jamarcus Russell putting in like a bajillion points each. Terrible efficiency and all that. Just an annoying back and forth stupid fest on November the 8th. And then another stupid fest in Golden State. Whatever the heck they call that place. Chase One, whatever. Cha- I don't even care. Whatever it is. Golden One is the place we played in last night with Sacramento. Um... I don't even want to think about Golden State again. What a crappy game. I already reviewed that last segment. We'll not talk about that again. Boy, this is a long show, but a lot to, a lot to talk about. I think the Wolves are going to take care of business against Golden State, and we win the season series 2-1 to one for the first time since 1985. No, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll win a season series versus the Golden State Warriors this year. And if we don't, shame on us, because this is a golden opportunity. Pardon the non-pun. No pun intended there. Golden opportunity for the Timberwolves to finally win a season series versus this team. Just just, just win the season series, okay? Just win a season series against somebody, especially against a team that's been driving us crazy the last six, seven, eight years. Take care of business. Carl, Andrew, whoever, whoever it is. Hopefully Andrew, Andrew Wiggins is on his game and get the job done. Whatever it takes, just beat this team. 28 to 33 points. Maybe Carl's back and he gets 40 against Golden State as he's had some really nice games against the Warriors. I think it, I, I got to think Carl will be back for this one. And he's going to get mid uh, mid to upper thirties in this game, and the Timberwolves beat the Warriors actually in a blowout. They're going to actually blow out the Golden State Warriors. That's my guess on Jan second. Despite getting killed by Milwaukee, I think the Wolves show up with some effort. Those young legs will be still will still be strong, and I think Carl somehow some way scores 35, 36 points, possibly. Obviously, he's going to get a double digit type of game, and the Wolves blow the Warriors out, <laughs> one twenty five. To, to 106. Timberwolves are going to crush the Golden State Warriors at Target Center and finally win the season series. Just to finally say we beat the Bleepman Warriors and then end, end, uh, end our one-game losing streak and go for uh, three out of four, generally speaking. Not bad. That's why I have a feeling is going to come, uh, come up this upcoming week. And it'll be four out of five overall. I think the Wolves will have a nice little stretch here before we move on deeper into 2019. That's just my humble opinion. Golden State, I don't really need to talk about them. I just did. So it just kind of is what it is there. Again, they've won three out of their last five. They've won three in a row. They beat the Pelicans, Wolves, and they beat Houston on Christmas Day. So they have been playing way better. I just got a sneaky feeling the Wolves are going to show up and uh, take care of business. 
against the hated, and I mean hated, Golden State Warriors before we play Cleveland, Memphis, Portland, Houston the upcoming week. That's going to be an interesting group of teams uh, right there. Some wins, some losses, I guess. But I think the Wolves actually go 3-4, and four, if you can believe that. With that said, we'll take a quick break and get ready for some fan interaction. here on Timberwolves Explosion Fan Interaction segment. Looks like it's going to be pretty quiet, but kind of some shout-outs, I suppose. Some interaction here and there. At Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. Please do give that a follow and interact with me during games or whenever, during the week, whatever it is. Tanae Brown, Levi Brown, and Vinrock Vince Germano all retweeted the show. Thank you guys so much, very much. Tanae and Levi Brown out of New Zealand, and Vinrock Vince Germano is out of Melbourne, Australia. He's also part of the Courtside Podcast. Always give them a shout-out. Always love their show. iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. It's on Google Podcasts, of course, Podomatic, and uh, multiple other ways to get on board. Most applications, I think, would join it. It's the, it's the old RSS feed, how it reaches to things. Uh, I'm not sure if they're on Google Play Music, but that's obviously easy to do. Uh, maybe most people don't use Google Play Music. I don't know. Maybe they should. Maybe they don't. I don't know. It kind of is what it is there. Thank you guys for retweeting the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's some conversation here. Good, good. Levi Brown carrying things here. Thank you very much. He says, first game I've been able to watch in about a week. We're doing some good stuff, but way too many shots getting blocked. And, of course, a pathetic finish of the game. Yeah, and that was pathetic, all right. Some nasty, nasty days. Let me look at this back and forth to see which one. That was on the 21st, and that was, of course, against the... Seattle Seahawks. No, that was, I'm kidding. Yeah, poor the Trailblazers. That's what it was. And it was a pathetic finish. We were doing fine. We were hanging in there. Just enough to tease us. Just enough to keep us interested. And next thing you know, it just did not end well at all. Giving up a couple threes and then not making anything and some crappy turnovers. So I feel you there. Hardcore Levi Brown for that one. Thank you very much. Must be watching that one on League Pass. Can't thank you enough for doing that. Appreciate that. Yep, yep, yep. Looks like Vince Germano retweeted. Yep, actually get a notification on Timberwolves Explosion. That's kind of funny for retweeting Brave the Wild. Thank you, because I follow Vin Rock, of course. Thank you for retweeting the Brave the Wild episode there, and I'll mention that on that show as well. Thank you, Vin Rock, Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. And there's nothing on Facebook other than I did post. I was walking around in the, gold, in the neighborhood here in Golden Valley, and I ran into uh, something pretty cool. Timberwolf hardwood floors, and it's like it works perfectly because what do basketball, I mean, obviously basketball players, they play on the hardwood floor. And, well, this is a hardwood floor company that does hardwood floors like the one I'm, like the one I live on here in uh, Golden Valley. There's It's hardwood floors here other than in the bedroom. So it's kind of funny, Timberwolf. And it's similar to the Wolves logo and the colors and everything. Obviously, they don't want to make it exactly the same because, you know, you don't want to go through all that. But you know exactly what they were doing because the way the thing is shaded and the colors and this and that. It's plain as day. They're having fun with Minnesota Timberwolves and they're probably Timberwolves fans and posted it on Flips Army, posted it on, of course, Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion on the Timberwolves Facebook page. And people like it. And I think that's cool. It's a cool idea. It's fun. And thought people would be interested in that one. Apparently Wayne Hunt, Vinrock, uh, Tanae and Levi like that one and others. Of course on uh, Flips Army. 
as well. It's, it's fun, you know, local here. Looks like there's two different numbers, two different, uh, that's interesting. Timberwolves, hardwoodfloors.com. Maybe I should make them a sponsor. I don't know. I wonder if they'd be willing to even be one, though. <laughs> it's not like I own a house or anything or own property where I would need a hardwood floor done. That's the crappy part. So I don't know if they'd be if they'd be willing to work with me, though. That'd be cool one way or another <laughs> where I can encourage some of you out there that do have a house. Timberwolves, hardwood floors. It would, of course, be local only. It is what it is. I mean, it's not like they're going to be doing any hardwood floors in Australia, I don't think, unfortunately. So it would be mostly for local people, uh, you know, that this and that. But uh, I just thought that was kind of neat. So I guess I gave them a free plug for now, a little shout-out and such. With that said, again, the free plug to Courtside Podcast is going to happen every single week. C-R-T-E-S-T-E dot com, D-E dot com. Do join that page. Do talk about, uh, you know, do have interesting conversations with them. Wow, Memphis fan in Wayne Hunt's case, Laker fans in Vince Germano and Stu Benson's case. Uh, Wayne Hunt and Stu Benson are from Sydney, and of course Vince Germano is from Melbourne. They don't just talk about their teams all day. They talk about the whole NBA. They'll have some interesting conversations. They'll tease each other about their team's uh, success or failures, as most people might do, especially in Australia. Awesome guys. Uh, they have fun with each other. They tease each other. They call each other names. This and that, a little bit of cursing here and there, just but but mostly all in good fun, or maybe they're annoyed with certain members of their team or certain people throughout the NBA, like the New York Knicks. This and that. Uh, Philip Brown, obviously a New York Knicks fan, huge frustration he's had, but they've been playing significantly better lately. Let's give him credit there. As uh, old fizzy wig apparently did, uh, he fizzed out. I guess unfortunately, for the uh, the fizz is flat, so to speak. Unfortunately for him with the New York Knicks, but the treatment. <laughs> the treatment of uh, of uh, Fizdale was not real good, though. That was not very cool, the way the New York Knicks treated him, kind of talking about him behind his back before doing it. For uh, That was, of course, the organization, not the players. Uh, love what uh, Morris has done so far for that team, Marcus Morris. He's been unbelievable for the New York Knicks thus far this season. Unbelievable. With that said, again, I'd like to hear your voice of mine on this show via audio submission route, if humanly possible. If you could do that, it would be great. First of all, though, I want to encourage you to please write a uh, positive rating for the uh, for Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes. If you could, it would be greatly appreciated. iTunes, Stitcher, Double Twist, whatever it is, uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, whichever one. If you could write a positive rating for Timberwolves Explosion, I'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, as long as I'm able to see it, I will give you a shout-out and a thank you on air, this and that. Um, and, of course, I uh, can't thank you enough for that. Now, of course, the audio submission. Every smart device on the planet has a free voice recording application built into it. Just simply turn it on. Just simply open it, click record, treat it like a phone call, stop it, save it, and email slash send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I would then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zubzar or Converto.com which provide a free service for me, so I'm more than happy to give them a free plug if you ever need to convert your files. Go to zomzororconverto.com at the end of the day. Can't thank them enough for providing that service. Uh, of course, if it's a larger file, there'll be like a subscription fee or something like that. But usually most files aren't that big, so it's not a huge problem. But you never know. Once in a while, you might need something regularly for your business. You never know what people do. But converting things into an MP3 is so easy. It takes like 10 seconds. With that said, can't thank you guys enough for being a part of the show. Please tell a friend or two or, or so about the show if you could. Passing on the information. Those of you that retweet, I can't. Thank you enough. God bless you. 
Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Hope you have a safe and happy New Year as well coming up. Be safe. Use common sense. Be, uh, be, just be careful. Be smart and enjoy yourself. I'm not a big New Year person. Not really. I like Christmas more. I like Thanksgiving more. I like July 4th more. New Year's just kind of, to me, it's just another day. But other people, apparently lots of people on this planet, act like New Year's is like the most important day of the year. I'm not one of them, but God bless you. To those of you that do, I'm <laughs> I'm not going to diss you for that. Uh, there is a fun side to it, of course. There's an interesting side to it, especially with the change of the decade, even though I couldn't tell the difference. I really can't tell the difference anymore, other than technology is just, you know, moving too fast. That's the only thing really about it. Other than that, it's kind of like the same old, same old to me. God bless you, though. Take care and stay safe. We'll talk to you in 2020.